Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Martin Luther said there's two days on my calendar, this day and that day. So we were worshiping, just thinking hope lives. We know we will be with the Lord, and we've just been uh, celebrating the reality that through Christ we will be resurrected. Death lost its power over us, but not only did death lose its power over us, the power of sin was broken through Christ. And I love the reality that we can live like Him through His power in faith. Um, What He's called us to do, we can do. And uh, hope lives in that, in that even in this moment, even today, transformation can happen in your heart, in my heart, as we take God's Word, apply it to our lives. And so excited to open up His Word, continue to worship, but uh, with the prayer that, Lord, let us live this day in light of that day, to bring you glory. And so Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 will be the text that we will get into today, God's word to us. But as we go there, just to preview, first, um, good to see everybody, hope you're doing well, and look forward to uh, where we're headed in August. We start today a new series we're calling Thrive, and the idea is that we would be thriving in every relationship in our lives. We know that we have been created in the image of God. We, we reflect His image, and one of the main ways we reflect the image of God is the capacity to connect in relationship. He created us to do life in a relationship with Him and with, with each other in a way that will bring Him glory. And so our prayer is, Lord, would you let every relationship that I'm a part of be a, a glory-giving, life-giving a testimony to you and a, really an act of worship to you. And so when you hear though family, we're going to be talking about family, think on two levels. One is biological family. We all have a family and relationships within that family that we want to, that's really the core discipleship unit and the, the, really the starting point where we live out a love for Christ, where our love is really tested and you know who you are at home is who you are or with those closest to you. But also think faith family. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we're reborn into a new community or a new family that's actually eternal. And so um, think about your church family and the relationships that you have around you and within the church. But the, the, uh, the prayer and the hope is that, that we will thrive in the realm of, of relationship. This message today has been brewing in my heart for a couple weeks, or actually a couple months. And it's one of those that falls into essential category. It's been so neat watching over the past couple weeks, and I know this week for Danville, um, kids going back to school, although that's not, I know, a highlight for everybody, but there is a sense of excitement, especially around the the new um, orientations, and those of you who are going into a new realm of school. And it brought to mind a uh, moment when I still can remember the morning. I'm dropping Chad and Jess off at school. We were turning left onto Mackey off of 36. And my next stop that morning was to, to head to the uh, orthopedic surgeon and have my knee worked on. So I was about to drop under some anesthetic, and I had the thought, what if I don't wake up? Have I given these kids everything they need to thrive in life? 
And so I didn't want to scare them, but I, I subtly just stealth said, hey, guys, quick review. Can you, who, who, <laughs> who remembers our big five family values, you know, and boom, 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 they nailed them. Like, sweet, today's my departure date. The kids are good. The, uh, this truth, I think, when it comes to what we need to thrive in the realm of relationships with our Lord and with each other, this is one of those you want to pass it on, essential. We get this truth right, it leads to a life well-lived as we bring our glory to our God and, and we love those around us. We get this wrong or we miss this truth and um, it's a, the damage is, is massive. And so the big question that, that we'll be um, walking through this morning is how do we process the hurts of the life? How do we navigate those inevitable moments when we receive a relational hurt? The arrow comes and it hits us. Big picture, as I mentioned, God created us to connect in relationship and to, uh, to love and to be loved. Interesting, someone has said, you know, we are only as rich as our relationships. And I think we would all say, absolutely, we agree with that. Especially around family, um, those most intimate of relationships matter so much. And yet, what do we know about every relationship that we experience? Inevitably, there will be a hurt. We hurt one another, and unfortunately, we hurt the people closest to us. And so the question today is, how, what do you do when you receive the hurt? What's your, um, as a follower of Christ, what's your reflex? Two paths. That, that we can take. The one path leads to relational disintegration. The other path leads to relational restoration. What we'll do is look at the first path, and then we'll look at our text. We'll apply the text and follow it into the path of, of uh, relational restoration. But the first path is that of relational disintegration. So you experience a hurt. Somebody hurts you. Someone says something, they do something, ah, shot through the heart, and someone's to blame, given love a bad name. And what do you do with that? So the uh, natural response, three words, you go to war. Go to war, right? We react with rage. Now, we know anger is not wrong in and of itself. It's a God-given emotion, amoral, given to fix a problem. But anger that is out of control, anger that's just... Um, has no boundaries, lacks self-control, and, and moves into rage, that is a, uh, a weapon of the enemy of our soul and will lead to the disintegration of relationship. That leads to the, uh, we attack the person. So we, we react with rage and then we, we go and attack the person. The person who hurts us becomes the enemy, so we hurt him back. A friend betrays us, so we, we betray him back. A uh, spouse disrespects you, and so mm, we, we jab back. Someone excludes you, so we exclude back. You get the verbal jab, and we jab back. It's hurt for hurt, we go to war. Third step, we withdraw. This is a, a natural and normal step if we withdraw for a time, but when anytime we're hurt, it's just natural to step back. And uh, say, all right, what, what just happened? We process, we move away from the person who hurt us. And it's interesting, even within your own house, have you felt that one moment you can be so close to, we'll, we'll go spouse, your husband, your wife, you know, you're, you're one, something happens, and all of a sudden, 
you might as well be living on the East Coast and them living on the West Coast, and you're in the same house, but, but we just, we have that capacity to withdraw and um, step away and isolate ourselves. We shut down, we go silent, and we move away, but here's where it, it becomes especially damaging. We build the wall. Step four, we build a wall. This is where we decide, and in the realm of counseling, this is called, we make, it's called making a vow, which is interesting, um, and, and this is, as you would uh, go into counseling, this is one of the areas that you'd want to spend some time with, but this is where we vow, I will not be hurt by this person in this way, again, therefore, um, I am disconnecting from them, I am putting a wall up. Maybe an area of your life or complete relationally, the, the, the full relationship. But we, we build a wall, a structure to keep us apart. And what's at the heart of it? It's a desire to protect ourselves. Therefore, I am building a wall between the two of us. And then the fifth step, we live separate lives. This is where we live content to exist in the dismal gloom of separate lives. For married couples, this is where you, it's a loss of hope. Um, it's just like, this is, this is not going to work. Um, we'll, we'll just live here, separate lives. We'll do it for the kids. We'll, uh, if there's too many hurts to work this out, they've piled up too high. It's hopeless. We'll tolerate one another. We'll spend our time focused on our careers or our hobbies or um, the kids, but but we're going to live separate lives. And, and other relationships where hurt happens, it's where we just decide basically death. It's death. It's separation of, of a relationship. Separate lives is where the enemy of our soul wants us living. He wants us living cynical, jaded, without hope, thinking um, reconciliation and relationship is not possible, bitter, bitter, and ultimately a soul full of festering hurts where bitterness just begins to seep out of us. And we know this is where the enemy of our soul wants us to live. This is where our sin takes us. A sinful response to hurt takes us to this place. I, this summer, we had a bizarre experience while on vacation. Tam had uh, found a wonderful, being, Airbnb, through Airbnb, a, a, a place that was right on the Lake of the Ozarks. And we were excited to go down and and uh, just be, be together, family, and a little rest and relaxation there. Well, we pull in in the evening and immediately meet the neighbor next door. And seemed like a nice guy at first, but, it, but what he informed me of was a battle that was raging between him and the guy next to him in this little neighborhood. And it, it was a crazy deal. Woke up the next day and look at this. So this is our neighbor. You see the fence. But the guy next to him, they got in a fight, so the guy starts painting signs and posting them on the, the wall so his neighbor would see these signs. And these are trash talking, calling this guy all kinds of stuff. I, I mean, I don't have time to get into the, the things that, um, other things that, that he was doing. So this neighbor builds this fence. Now notice the fence. It's like the Great Wall of China. It's like a privacy fence on top of a privacy fence just to show you. I'm, I'm building my wall, and you're not going to be even close to me. So notice what the guy does up top right. The other neighbor <laughs> builds like a totem pole and puts this trash-talking Buddha up, up on top of the <laughs> totem pole just to say, I'll get the last word. And I mean, 
It, it was great. So um, the one neighbor was home while we were there for a couple of days, and he kept trying to invite me over into his backyard and read these signs. I kept saying, no, I don't want to get dragged into your crazy. I'm on vacation. The, uh, <laughs> but, but it was interesting. Every morning we go out to have our time with the Lord or whatever, and you walk out and you see the beauty of the lake, and then one glance over here, and it's war. And the message to my soul was clear. It's a microcosm of our world, isn't it? And where did it start? The Garden of Eden. It's our world at war. It's paradise lost. Our sin disintegrating our relational world. And the war rages on. So the answer for us as followers of Christ is how do we process the hurts? How do we avoid the temptation of being dragged down into this dismal and non-God-glorifying and joy-giving reality of separate li- living separate lives. Well, there are a few times in Scripture when God just sums it all up into a nutshell. He, he says so much in just a few words, and, and he puts it in an in a essential way, and that's where we're at today in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. And so if you would join me there, and in this text, we see the way out, the way into reconciliation and, and relational restoration. But we'll walk through this, this text. He says this, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love. Where he says, follow God's example, he's calling us to action. And you stop and think about what he's calling us to. He's saying... <laughs> Live your life as God, as you have watched God and through Christ live his life. Therefore, looks back, but also we'll look ahead. This is a summary text right here in the middle of two really important um, instructions on how how to live as Christ followers. Notice he says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Interesting what God calls us to again and again is to remember our identity Remember who we are, dearly loved children. I think especially important in times of hurt, isn't it? When we've been hurt by those close to us and our sense of identity, sense of self, sense of worth, all these things can get all, um, can just fluster us. And just to come back and see him and hear him say, I love you and walk in the way of love. This is our North Star this is our calling. This, as followers of Christ, it's, it's like walking the way of love. It's an action. It's to be the way, the path of our lives. Say, well, what's that look like? He says, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So you circle the us both times. It's a reminder. This is a love that we've received. It's a, a thing that's personal. It's our experience. And as we, often when we think about the hurt, we're just focused on that hurt. But to say, okay, now, In the midst of the hurt, remember how you have been loved. Just as Christ loved us. He gave himself up for us on the cross. And then the last part is significant. It says, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So guys, this is our worship. If you think about this morning, we gather to sing worship and praise God with our, our voices and with our music. But as we go out, this week how do we praise him what what is the doxology the the worship it's as we 
lay down our lives for those around us, even through the hurt, as we love the people around us through the hurts. So here's the core truth. Walk in the way of love. If you were to sum this verse up even into a simpler phrase, walk in the way of love. Walk in the way of love. Walk in the way of love. Now, what we're going to do is take this truth, apply it to the hurt moments in our lives, and what we'll see are five steps that correspond to the path of disintegration, five steps of relational restoration. So the first one is this, follow me. Where, where he says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. When someone hurts you, the first thought is not fire back, but rather, follow me. God's saying, hey, hey, attention on me, follow me into the way of love. He reminds us here that uh, of our identity as dearly loved children, the path is into the way of love. But what do we know about love? Well, when God says, follow me into the way of love, what love is he talking about? Remember, he's talking about agape love. It's a love that, that loves a person regardless of their lovability. But where does God describe love and lay it out for us in detailed form? 1 Corinthians 13, right? So you can read through there, love is patient, love is kind, etc. But you get to 1 Corinthians 13, 7, and it says, love always, what? It always protects, it always hopes, always perseveres. Take the word hope. Love always hopes. What do we need when we're living separate lives, when we've given up hope on the relationship, to hear God say, follow me and let hope be what you have as you consider the mess of this relationship. Love always hopes. Now I can, I know, or we know, we can only control so much in a relationship, and it's up to the other person as to whether they reciprocate. But as we come as, as a follower of Christ and following the Lord, processing through a hurt, it's with the hope that he has the power to restore that relationship. And again, I would just call us to, to remember that this is God calling us up into our primary purpose in life, which is to bring him glory. Guys, why do we exist? Why... So appreciated our worship team leading us this morning and the songs just brought us back to why are we here? <laughs> it's to bring glory to our God. And, and what a, where do we reflect his unfailing love as we live out our everyday lives? It's in the hurt, isn't it? So that the hurts of life are really a, an opportunity for us to worship as we say, all right, I'll follow you and I will love as you love through this hurt. And we bring him glory. It's a supernatural thing and it's a thing we can only do by the power of Christ. But the watching world sees God's love on display as you don't go to war, but you love that person and live with the hope that I believe God can restore this relationship as messed up as it is. Second, we demolish the wall. This is what we see Christ doing on the cross on our behalf. The, uh, the war that we started and the wall that we built that separated us from God and one another, he tore down Ephesians chapter 2, but we do this through forgiveness. This is where we release the person who hurt us from the debt that they owe. God calls us to do this again and again. How many times are we to forgive someone who hurts us? <laughs> Peter asked that question and 
Remember, and even in the Lord's Prayer, we're praying, Lord, forgive those who trespass against me as, as you have forgiven me. This means demolishing the wall that we've built because of the hurt that they've inflicted. I would say, just side note, there are times that we do need to establish healthy boundaries and where, where there's a toxic relationship or, or a, an abusive relationship, and that's where wise counsel can, can help um, navigate those times. But this is where we clear the way for a relationship to happen, where we say, I, I will release them from the debt that they owe and, from, and I'll tear down this wall that's been put up. This third step is we connect in relationship or we initiate relationship. This is where we see what our Lord did as he came for us, came into our mess as Jesus clothed himself with humanity and took the initiative so we take the initiative to connect in relationship. It's the way of love. And this is where rather than withdrawing, we move toward the person in relationship in a way that's appropriate and um, and then the fourth is we attack the problem rather than attack the person. This is, uh, this is where we shift our focus from the person to the problem. And just to run a, uh, a bit of a rabbit trail, but, and this isn't the only reason we hurt each other, but what's one of the primary way, reasons at the root of every hurt? Someone has said hurting people hurt people, but what's a... If you were to track down, why do we hurt each other? Think about your family and the hurts that you feel within, within home. Why, why do we hurt each other? The people we love the most. And when you track it down often, and I would even say 99% of the time, you can track it to an idol of the heart. An idol of the heart is something that we look to for life. We look to for, we put our hope in it, our security in it. We need that thing, and we value that idol even above doing the will of God or, or valuing God. It, it's taken the place of God in our lives. The three big idols are what? Stuff, status, um, success what would be three big ones. You could say significance, um, things that, that are around what we look to as part of our identity, and we need this for life. So when someone gets in the way of you and your idol, or you receiving what that idol gives you, what do you do? You hurt him. Example, if my idol is success, so I must be successful at my core, um, or at all costs, because it's core to my identity. If I'm not winning, I, I, I got to win. So if my idol is success, if I'm serving success, and you get in the way of my success, I've got to hurt you, right? I'm going to hurt you. If my idol is money, I've put my hope in money, my security in money, my significance, my, my status in money, and I'm serving money. It's my idol. I value it. I've got to get it. And you get in the way of me and my money or making money, I'm going to hurt you. It's, it's, it happens. If my idol is, we'll say, uh, status or relational, uh, where I am relationally, friendships, uh, social world, if that's my idol, if I need that, and you get in the way of my relationships, or you threaten that, I'm going to hurt you. So, when the arrow comes your way, somebody hits you, what do you know? It's probably coming out of an idol of their heart. 
It's almost like you have an x-ray of their soul. And now what do you do? Fire back? Evil for evil, hurt for hurt for hurt? No, as a follower of Jesus, we, having that x-ray of their soul, aim a prayer right at that idol. God, would you bring healing to that place? And if appropriate, you have a conversation around that idol as you're resolving the tension and speak truth into each other's life lovingly, but you help each other heal from the tumor, the idol, the sin that's killing their life, destroying this relationship, and will destroy this re- these relationships right there in the midst of a hurt. Isn't that a cool picture? Rather than hurt for hurt and, and the war going on, we actually, in the midst of a hurt, have a window into a person's soul to bring healing and help to what's hurting them at the, at the deepest level. And then the fifth step is we act with love. This is our new reflex, and I, I just come back to this, and today we're keeping the text really short and simple. Just when you get hurt and you're, you're wanting to rage, withdraw, build a wall, live separate lives, there's something about the simplicity of just fixing our eyes on our Lord and then hearing him say again, the way of love, walk in the way of love, act with love, this is the path. Just as Christ loved us, he gave himself up for us while we were still sinners, he died for us. That whole idea of, yeah, I'll love this person if they change. I'll love this person if they apologize. I'll love them. It's like, did God do that for us? <laughs> no, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Guys, the supernatural gift of God and witness that we have is we are a new creation created in Christ to love through the hurt so that let the hurts come and arrows come and hit 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 and there's one thing it can't stop you from doing and that is loving that person the way God loves you amen that's the path guys that's the path and it must not be the exception guys this is the rule isn't it this is who we are you say but how How can we actually do this? The the answer is there is only one way, and that is through the, uh, Paul describes it there in in, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, the incomparably great power, the resurrection power that's at work within us through faith in Christ. So when we come to faith in Christ, we're given the capacity to love as he loves. If you don't know Christ this morning, you don't have a relationship with God through him, his invitation is open to you. The good news is God loves you. He gave his son for you. And when you confess your sin to him and see him as your savior and understand what he did for you on the cross and trust him with your life and follow him, he promises eternal life. And with that, an empowering to love as he loves. And so the uh, three steps to put this into play in our own lives, three practical action steps that I would encourage you or challenge you to do this week. First step is pray Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 daily. We've gone through this briefly this morning, but this must become just part of our muscle memory as we follow Christ. And Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, these are the verses that we're memorizing as a church family this month, throughout the month of August. But I'd encourage you to pray these daily this week. And when a hurt comes to see, um, okay, here's an opportunity to, to live this out. Second is identify a hurt 
and process it using the five, the big, uh, the five steps into soul restoration. I'm guessing if we all just stopped and said, okay, is there a hurt somewhere in your soul, somewhere in your relational world that has yet to be processed, we could all probably point to one. Someone that we're just not right with. And then to take these steps and to walk through these steps. And then third is look for an opportunity to pass this template on to a brother or sister in Christ this week that's going through a hurt. It's interesting, I was thinking much of our, probably at least with our close friends and family, often we discuss a hurt, don't we? Like a hurt comes up and man, I'm just struggling with this. What a gift. And I've, I went ahead and um, wrote these out on a, on a just like a one page. And I found it fascinating as I've been processing this in my own life. I've had opportunity to share this with a number of people and just, hey, here's the path, you know. And it's simple, um, but so important that we see this. I was thinking as parents, too, equipping our kids. Man, you talk about one thing that, that kids go off into school, go off into the world, they're going to get hurt, right? But is the path through the hurt? God's given it to us here in his word. You know the, the times in your life, I don't know, certain times you just really feel the presence of the Lord close to you. Um, times of big trial. Have you found that when you're going through a hurt moment of life, it's like he is there. <laughs> and, and I know, right, you, hit, you get hurt and it's just like, you feel the rage and you just want to, ah, even through tears, and you want to withdraw, and, and he's present in those moments, and through his word, what's he whisper to us? Whispers, I love you, remember who you are, my dearly loved child, and then what's he whisper? Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow the way of love, love as I have loved. There was a scene in the movie, 42, that's just so powerful. It's the story about Jackie Robinson, the first black uh, player in Major League Baseball. And in this scene, he's up to bat, and the opposing manager is just firing a barrage of racial insults his way. And it's just arrow after arrow after arrow, and just cruel. And you can feel his emotions and evils just hitting him hard. And his emotions and the anger is just welling up in his soul. He makes it. He doesn't react. But, but he runs um, down into the dugout, into the tunnel, and just lets it go. Overwhelmed with emotion. Tears are flowing. He's got a bat. And he just beats the bat against the wall and breaks it. And then he just falls down on a slump on the ground. And he's, a, he's breaking point. He's ready to quit. And a shadow appears beside him. And it's his manager. His manager's a Christian as well and had, they had talked about it. this moment's coming. And he, he cares for him, but he calls him up, you know? And he says, Jackie, this is your moment, man. This is it. <laughs> My brother and sister in Christ, there will come a day you're going to get hit with a hurt. It's going to threaten your marriage. It's going to threaten the relationships that matter most to you. It's an opportunity for you to just 
rip apart your relational world and your testimony for the Lord, that's the moment that we take this truth, fix our eyes on our Lord, and hear him say, follow me, walk in the way of love. Is it complicated? Yeah, and I know this message has been quick working through these, and, and that's why we have each other and we have counselors to help us through the complexities. But there's a simplicity to it in that we are called to the way of love when the hurts come our way. Amen? If you would, join me in prayer. And as we go to prayer, I just want to give a space here for, for you. Perhaps you've, some of you I'm sure are going through a hurt right now. And you've uh, been going to war. And you're hearing God call you to the way of love. And you just confess to him and then ask him for help? Father, we thank you for your word to us today. And we thank you for your love that you've poured out to us. That you loved us while we were still sinners, and Jesus, that you died for us. And in doing that, set us an example. As we walk through this world that has gone crazy with the curse, and where we hurt one another, where the battle rages, and where uh, evil is unleashed, and Lord, I pray for each one of us today that through your word that you would empower us to love as you love. Pray that you would just fix our eyes on you, Jesus, and help us not lose sight of your gaze. Help us remember who we are. We're your dearly loved children. Help us to bring you glory as we love as you loved, even through the hurts. God, I pray for our families and our relationships that, that where we've given up hope and that you would restore that hope this morning, help us to move towards reconciliation, towards a relational restoration with your glory in view. Protect us, Lord, from the enemy. Pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.